So for today's podcast, we've actually got a very special guest. Now, if you've been listening to our podcast over the last few weeks, some of you might be in Sweden and we had a tip off about a top jockey in Sweden called Eureka Holmquist. And I'm delighted to say that we're going to be interviewing her in this podcast to find a little bit more about herself and also as well find out what Swedish racing is all about. So um, before we uh, start um, uh, getting to know about Eureka, I just want to say thank you for joining us. Thank you very much for having me. No, it's, it's great. I'm looking forward to this because uh, Eureka has uh, actually gone outside of Sweden for her racing career. She's ridden in New Zealand. She's also as well ridden in Dubai. And we'll want to find out a bit more about that. But uh, Eureka, where did racing start for you? Do you come from uh, a horsey background in Sweden? Um, uh, was racing always in your blood or did you discover it um, growing up as a child? No, not at all. Uh, actually, I'm grown up in uh, Sweden's second largest city, and uh, both my parents are solicitors, so I'm not from a horsey background. Uh, I think I started riding quite early, though. I went to pony club and that sort of things, and I uh, got my own ponies when I was eight years old and forced my family to be interested in horses, and I did a bit of show jumping and... Yeah, the regular riding but then when I was 16 I went to the racetrack in Gothenburg and one trainer said hey you look small do you want to come and yeah, try riding my horses so uh, I went to this trainer called Trista Herud and um, I rode uh, at his place maybe once or twice a week for yeah for the rest of my time in high school and uh, I got really interested in the racehorses. And um, then uh, I actually got the opportunity to go to the racing school in Newmarket for an apprentice course when I wasn't an apprentice. Yeah. Um, I didn't even have a license. And <laughs> then I became really interested in racing. And once I graduated high school, um, yeah. I didn't really know what to do. And I got two job offers to go and work overseas. And this was in November, and I was offered one job in Newmarket, and mm. I then I was offered one job in New Zealand. So I figured, because it was November, and it wasn't very <laughs> nice weather here in Europe, <laughs> I I traveled to New Zealand. Uh, I, don't, I definitely don't blame you there. Always go uh, where the sun is going to be, so you definitely made the right call. But I believe you had quite a lot of success down in New Zealand, and it all went well for you down there. Um, yeah, I, I was only supposed to go there for maybe six months, but I after six months I was back home. I just rode worked there for the first six months and actually learned how to ride racehorses. And uh, once I got home, I was home for about a month, and I said I, I want to go back. And uh, some trainers thought I looked nice on a horse in training, so they offered me to uh, become an apprentice rider. Mm -hmm. And uh, I took up the offer and I did uh, two and a half years of my apprenticeship in New Zealand. And uh, I'm never going to regret that. I learned a lot from riding there. And yeah, I wrote, I think I rode 40 winners in New Zealand. Yeah, um, that's a good in amount. That two and a half years. Yeah. Now, um, what struck you about racing in New Zealand? A lot of our British audience probably would be more uh, accustomed to Australian racing. Is it quite similar 
uh, race in yeah. um, in New Zealand. How how does the system work out there? And is it quite is it is there a lot of opportunities for apprentices down there? Yeah, what what struck me about New Zealand racing is uh, that it's so big. Like it's uh, the people just love racing. It's four and a half million people living in New Zealand, and I think they have over fifty racetracks for just thoroughbred racing in the country. So th- there would be a couple of meetings on almost every day, mm-hmm. which gives uh, you as a jockey a lot of opportunity to ride because uh, the top jockeys can't be at two meetings at the same time. Um, and uh, as well as within New Zealand racing, they hold a very high standard of horses. If you look at they have they get to have so many black type races yeah. in the country. So I think that that sort of proves that the horses have a very high standard. And yeah, I, I was surprised when I got there how many girls and as well as mm. apprentices that got the chance to actually ride in the bigger races and that they do ride a lot of winners over there. Yeah, it's, it looks like it was a really good op- opportunity for you. Would you say that's you use a lot of the experiences you had over there to your career now uh, back in Sweden? Would you say that's was a yeah. very, that was the perfect start to your career to help you get to where you are now in Sweden? Yeah, definitely. I don't think I would have had the same grounding and learning experience if I started my apprenticeship in Sweden. Just looking at, we don't really have an apprentice school here in in Sweden, whether as in New Zealand, you got to get coached by some really good jockeys and you got to learn other things like the media and the rules of racing and how to like judge pace and stuff at the apprentice school there. So no, it's invaluable for me that I that I did start my career in New Zealand and yeah, I got to ride so much racing. I think um, that the, like the quantity of rides it taught me how to be a stronger jockey. No, that's that's really that sounded like it was a really good opportunity for you. So um, when did you come back to Sweden and and how was life like when you returned? Um, I came back to Sweden uh, at the end of 2016 for, I actually didn't really want to travel back, but I came back for family reasons. And uh, in that turn, I actually got into vet school in Sweden as well. And I thought, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll come home for a while and I, I'll try this. And um, so it was the end of 2016 and I wasn't going to ride races here but uh, I couldn't really stay away. Mm-hmm. So I went to there because they built a new race course uh, here in Sweden called Bro Park. It just launched in 2016, the same year as I got home. So I was there riding a bit of work and they say, oh, no, you should ride races. And then I got back into it. So I only really had maybe two, three months break of racing <laughs> between no. getting home from New Zealand and moving back to Sweden. No, that's, I wasn't... Too long till you literally got back in the saddle, no pun intended. Um, so, so, so you returned back to back to Sweden, and was, did uh, the trainers and and the the fans of Swedish racing know about you from your time in in New Zealand? Um, and 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 because you'd been abroad, you were able to get a, le- a lot more opportunities than you were expecting. 
Yeah, I think a lot of people didn't know a bit about me because Switch Racing had written some pieces about me and yeah, they sort of tend to keep track of their um, their Scandinavian riders if they travel overseas. But uh, I really struggled to get good rides and to ride winners when I first got home. I think I didn't ride a winner. I started riding racing in Sweden in November and I don't think I rode a winner until June the wow. next year. So it was a really hard time. First one, getting back and you have to sort of gain trainer's confidence and you have to gain owner's confidence. And it it sounds more easy to break into a smaller racing community like Sweden, but it was actually quite difficult because since it's smaller, you have all the best jockeys and all the meetings. So uh, no, it was hard. But then once I rode a winner, it sort of snowball affected for me and since then I've had really good support yes. from uh, a lot of different trainers and owners here in Scandinavia. So so who are you based with now? Um, are you uh, like a, what we would call in the UK, like a stable jockey? You, you, uh, yeah. You're based with uh, one particular stable or also as well, do you have a group of, a large group of owners that you ride for or what's your setup out there now? Uh, right now, uh, I sort of gained, um, gained a stable jockey position last year for a young trainer called Annika Sjöqvist. Uh, she has uh, 26 horses in training at the moment. So I get to have first dibs on most of them horses, or basically all of them. So I'm really thankful for that. It's, I was sort of really lucky to... I was riding at her stable last year and was second jockey there when the first jockey moved overseas and... Uh, I managed to win the 2000 guineas mm-hmm. on her horse right in the transition period of the other jockey going overseas uh, last year. So that just gained gained uh, a lot of favours for me and I got the position, which I'm really thankful for because you don't see a lot of female jockeys having a first jockey position. It certainly helps a lot. No, I, I would imagine it really does. I, I think, but it's what kind of one of those things, I guess. That it doesn't. You're always going to get those positions, hopefully, through talent, and obviously it shows that you've got a good talent to be able to earn that position. Um, I see that when you won the two thousand guineas, weren't you quite a bit of an outsider that day? Tell tell me um how 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 it was that day? Because would you say that's probably your most biggest successful win in in Sweden? Yes, I, I would say so. Um, that was definitely my biggest win, like winning a classic race and a race holding that status. It's, um, it's the biggest thing I've done. I rode a horse called Arabian Ransa, and it was the absolutely lowest rated horse in the field by, I think, 10 racing points. Uh, so it was, I think, it paid 52 th- times the money. And... Um, I rode a horse every day in trading, and I honestly didn't think it had the ability to win such a race, but things just panned out very well on the day, and it got a good trip, and it was quite a tricky tricky surface on the day, and it just favoured my horse, I suppose. Uh, well, you have to be in it to win it, as they say, so yeah. it sounds like that you did well that day. Now, I noticed as well, looking at a bit more about your career, you've had the opportunities, not just in New Zealand, but to ride elsewhere around the world. I believe you've competed yeah. um, in Abu Dhabi, if I'm 
if I'm not mistaken. Um, ha, yeah. And I believe you had it was a winner you also as well had out there. Would you say that again? That was uh, one of, one of your um, most outstanding moments of your career so far. Yeah, uh, I I got the opportunity to ride in uh, in America first to qualify for uh, the Abu Dhabi trip, and uh, I think that that was a huge experience to win a race in America. I rode in New Jersey at Monmouth Park, uh, so that that was something different. And then going and riding in Abu Dhabi, the, yeah, that was huge. Um, even though like it's invitational races, it's always nice to get the experience to ride overseas and ride in, in like the the Middle East. But it was very special. Uh, it was one of the the places you hear all, all flat jockeys would like to go and ride. So it must be yeah. a, a massive uh, accomplishment to have done that. Um, also as well, I heard that you had a big race in, was it Madrid recently? Did you did you have a big yeah. win in Spain? Um, had, had you ever ridden in Spain before? I, I don't normally source, associate uh, racing in Spain. Um, how did that opportunity come, come about and uh, what was it like to win out there? Uh, it was really cool. Um, Madrid had a ladies jockey tournament, so they invited the top female riders from 10 different countries yeah to um yeah to be in a tournament of three races and uh yeah it went really good for me i won one race was second and i think fourth and i ended up winning the tournament but i was very impressed with the experience there like the spanish racing was so professional and the i've ridden on plenty of tracks and this was probably one of the nicest turf tracks I've ever ridden on and the facilities were like top, top class as well you wouldn't expect that from a small country like a small racing country mm. like Spain but no, it was a super experience to be there and that's probably also one of my bigger wins because you don't just win one race you win a whole tournament and that was that was special. No, I imagine competing against some of the best female jockeys around the world and proven that you're one of the best must be an unbelievable feeling um yeah we were talking off air before we recorded this podcast and i asked if you had a ride in the uk and you haven't have you ever been approached to have a ride in the uk or which is that something that is on your bucket list that you like to do come to britain and maybe get a ride um is it something that's on your radar oh i i would love to go and ride in the uk uh, I was close to going last year for um, for one Arabian race with a Swedish Arabian. I think it's is it Goodwood that has the Arabian races uh, at the end of the summer. Yeah. Is it, yeah. I was I was gonna go there last year, but they didn't end up take the horse. So maybe I can go this year with the same horse. No. Or or if or if anyone else wants to bring me over to the UK, they're very welcome well, to invite well, me. <laughs> well, no, I think I think it'd be great if you could come come and have a a, a short spell or, or something. I'm sure that if there's any trainers or, or jockey agents uh, listening to this, they should come and snap you yeah. up, especially with your illustrious CV. Now, away from your career, I'd just like to maybe touch on about Swedish racing. Um, for a lot of our listeners, unless you're in Sweden or Scandinavia, you probably wouldn't be familiar with us uh, uh, Swedish racing so um do you do uh is it all flat or do you have a bit of flat and jump racing and when does your season start and when does it end H- how does the system work out in Sweden uh 
Um, Swedish racing, actually, from being in New Zealand first, it surprised me how professional it is. It's like we really do hold a high standard of the racing quality and uh, the horse welfare. Um, So Sweden has both flat and jumps racing, but I'd say the flat racing is bigger. Mm -hmm. Um, Jumps racing is uh, coming along just now. I think it's growing a lot because we built a new... Like we built um, tracks for going over the jumps on our biggest track here in Stockholm. Um, so our season starts in like our main season starts uh, in the beginning of April, and we go until the end of December. Yeah. Then uh, we have it like a short break over Christmas and New Year's, and then we run the winter racing in January and February. So. March would really be the only month we're not racing currently, um, because of the the they need we need a break for for the winter and for the for the um, snow and ice to um, melt in yes. March. You can't really run races then, but it's amazing that they can have races when we have such a cold climate. Yeah. Um, that means very high demand on the staff that works with the tracks. Like they have to harrow our dirt track, which is what we race on in the winter, uh, 24-7, like once an hour uh, every hour of the day. So it's costs a lot to have racing in the winter. Yeah, and when it comes to like your your power bases and and race courses out there, uh, are they all located in kind of one area of Sweden, or is it quite scattered out? Um, like for example, in the, in the UK, obviously we've got Newmarket, Newmarket, one of the most established flat tracks in the UK, and where a lot of trainers and jockeys are based. It does it work kind of like that in Sweden? Do you have like a a big like power base, like I said, um, for like your most yeah. of your trainers and jockeys? I, I think in Sweden we have fewer tracks than the UK. We only really have uh, we have three big tracks that we race on. So mm-hmm. it's three training centres, which would be in Stockholm, Gothenburg, and Malmo. And uh, it is quite big of a distance between those tracks. Mm-hmm. So we jockeys have to we usually fly domestic flights, but uh, in these times we've been driving. And since you look at Sweden, it's um, it's very <laughs> inconvenient country because it's uh, uh, narrow and long instead of being a round country. So it's quite big distances. But yeah. you get the the biggest track would be Bro Park in Stockholm, and then Jägersjö in Malmö, and the smallest would would be Gothenburg. But we race on both turf and dirt track. Yeah, sounds- on the track. Uh, that sounds like you've got a bit of variety out there with the surfaces. Um, when were you talking about yeah. when you were talking about the season? Um, do you have kind of like a jockeys championship and a trainers championship, or um, or is it maybe meeting Pacific like the best uh, jockey at one of your courses for the year? How how does that work? And would maybe be in, if there's such a title as Swedish champion jockey, be something you would like to achieve? Yeah, of course, of course, you want to be the champion jockey. Um, we have a jockey's championship for the whole of Sweden. And then we also have championships uh, on each track. So I've been champ. I was champion on the Gothenburg track uh, as an apprentice when I finished my apprenticeship two years ago. And then I was half jockey for half the season, half apprentice for half the season. But I had 
then I managed to win the championship at that track. So maybe I, I, I aim to win the total championship at one point. Well, that it would be definitely a great achievement, that's for sure. But um, now that's all we've got time for during this podcast. I really enjoyed uh, having you on, Eureka. It's been fascinating to learn a bit more about your career and also as well a bit about Swedish racing. And I would really urge people to, to even just type it in on um, Google, Swedish racing, because I've seen some of the pictures of your race courses and it really does look like a, a lovely um, country to go and visit for its racing. So I really appreciate your time for coming on Eureka and thank you for having me no, that's... Yeah, thank you so much for having me for more podcasts please subscribe to our SoundCloud page you can also follow us on Twitter using our handle at In The Saddle Pod and we're now available on Facebook and Instagram